This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. We recording. Hey, y'all. What's up, guys? Oof. All right. Been some time, but we're back. <laughs> we didn't took like five hiatuses during this season. But you know It what? don't matter. We giving the people what they want. They said they wanted more men on the show. We gave them that. We giving you know, them more episodes. Are, I don't know about all that. But yes, we are. <laughs> we're trying to diversify, you know, our podcast guests. All that little cute stuff. Who are we? Oh, they should know by now, but I'm thriving. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Jermaine. Hey, (laughs) y'all. We are the new kids. It could be a new listener. You don't even know. Whatever. That's fine. (laughs) They know now. (laughs) All right, let me stop playing. All right. Y'all ready for the question of the day? No, but go ahead anyway. Too bad. Jermaine, you're answering first. As usual. If you were trapped on an island, what three things would you have to have? <sighs> All right. So I need a tent because I don't want no birds pooping on me. I can't, you know, depend on the trees to give me shade. So I need a tent. Um, some Mm, I be I feel like in the movies people be having flares and they do not be working. They the never planes do. just be the planes just be flying over. So I want to <laughs> say flares, but I feel like I gotta say them for the opportune time. Okay, but I'm gonna say flares, and then <sighs> I need something to eat. Oh shit, I'm gonna need some food. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what food, but I know I'm gonna eat some food. Makes sense. If I had to pick three things, I would pick some sort of like knife or something to protect myself. Who and stab? Like who you stabbing? <laughs> like, well, you know, and to kill my food. Like, you know, if I run out of food, I might have to kill an animal or two. You ain't Don't killing no me. damn animal. I'm not, but I mean, if I'm hungry <laughs> enough, you know. Okay. Nice. He don't come after us. Nah. Um, then I'm going to get, <laughs> I'm probably going to have some type of tequila. And this is why, <laughs> because I can use it as an antiseptic. You know, if something happened, I can, you know, heal myself with the tequila or I can just drink it. So Girl, you better off just drinking it. <laughs> well, if I cut myself, cause you know, I'm clumsy. If I got the knife, I'm definitely. That's why I said you ain't killing that. <laughs> And then I'm probably going to go with like a tent or a shelter. As well. I think that's Is somebody it. coming to get us? Like, is I there don't a know. potential just, to be rescued? We're just trapped there. We're in the trap. Nah. Who dropped it? Who left us there? Who knows? We probably got ourselves there somehow. <laughs> you never know with us. <laughs> All right, Parrish. You stuck on the island with us. What, what, you, what you bringing? What's your three items? All right. Uh, so first, I'm gonna need some baby wipes. 
because <laughs> even though we stuck on the island, I'm pretty sure I'm still gonna have the boo boo. So we need to take care of that. Um, and then I'll probably also need something to eat just because I'm not fucking with no animals. I'm not about to kill no animals. I'm, I'm <laughs> not about to fry no animals on the island. I'm not doing none of that. Uh, and then I don't know how to fly a plane, but I'm going to need a plane because we got to get off the island. Somewhere. Okay, period. That part. I can't, was I can't only thinking about to get us off the island. Right, because you see we sitting there bitch chilling. <laughs> <laughs> right. And like, okay, y'all, we stuck here. I be, I keep thinking about like movies where people be trapped on the island and I'm like, it never ends well for them. Who came up with this idea? Like, they had my people in lost in purgatory. That's some BS. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first series that pissed me off. Like, wow, so they just dead? Mm, mm, mm. Oh, child. Oh, yeah. Y'all done got me laughing already this early. So I just feel like that's the indication that this is going to go well. All right. So you've heard the three items that he's going to bring to the island. He's the only one smart enough to get us off the island. So, Paris, <laughs> if you want to take a second to introduce yourself, don't get too far in because we're going we gonna to ask you questions. But, you know, just a little intro for okay. people. Cool. Uh, what's up, everybody? My name is Parrish. Some of y'all might know me as Soldier Roy. Some of y'all might know me as Pardon Me with P. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm here. I'm ready to have a good time with y'all. Hey, turn up. Period. Period. I was definitely about to skip over this whole. I know you was, and I was definitely about to remind you. Oh, shut up. Anywho, so now it's time for the business plan stands where. You guys submit your ideas and we tell you if we will work with you or not. So, <laughs> per usual, I don't have any submissions for the business plan. Man. You Teray, know, in you your defense, any? it has been a rocky couple of weeks. Listen, um, I did ask. I asked around. Nobody had anything. But like we said, they don't be wanting to tell us stuff because they don't want to particularly get on here and say something mean. Yeah, people do not want to get talked about. <laughs> understandable <laughs> which is fair you well know. we do have a friend who just came up with an idea um, that we kind of already threw our support behind but we can talk about it on here um, so we have a friend who said that she wanted to create a coloring book and you know there are things we don't think about, like from our childhood that cross over into adulthood that can really have like meaningful impact. Because as kids, you know, we, we was just coloring shit. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we had coloring books, crayons, markers, color pencils. But, you know, as adults, you realize that coloring can be something that's therapeutic. It can be something that's a distraction. Some people use it as healthy, you know, coping mechanisms. Shout out to y'all because I still be drinking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a really great idea, especially because, you know, millennials are starting to take more um, unique approaches to addressing their mental health and in addition to therapy. Um, and so I thought that was a really cool idea. I think it's a very unique idea and I'm really excited to see her take off with that. Same. Working in the, um, the call center, I can't tell y'all how many times I'd have to 
pick up a coloring book to keep from cussing folks out. <laughs> I don't make no sense. But I believe. Yeah, it. I'm behind that. I'm with that one. I don't personally get on as a project. My bad. You could, Paris. What you say? Oh, go ahead. Uh, I personally love the idea of a coloring book, but like, so like, what kind of coloring book is it, or is that still in the works? So we, um, we were kind of like suggesting themes to her. Mm-hmm. I suggested doing like famous city street signs or like city park signs that people are familiar with and know. Um, but she's still kind of shopping around to figure out exactly what it is that she wants to draw. Okay. Yeah, I um love a coloring book every so often. What mm-hmm. what I don't like about a coloring book is like sometimes the like lines be too small to like color inside of. Mm-hmm. And then you know like shit start getting sloppy. But I mean, I try my best to not make it look like a purse. <laughs> Listen, but sometimes you know it just is what it is. Right. For some people, like, I feel like coloring can be, like, that escape. But some people, like, a.k.a. my mama, she takes it, like, so serious with coloring. Like, she literally has a thing where she can, like, white out on the the picture and then color over it. Oh. I'm sick big time you're coming like this. Okay, my girl do not play. <laughs> Those are worth the art. Okay. Okay, girl. Okay. Go ahead. Period. <laughs> Um, yeah, I hope to never get to le- that level of coloring, but I'm with the idea. I think it's awesome. I would, um, I would for sure take it on as a project and uh, help out any way that I can. What's next on here? Y'all would think I would know this by now. I mean, we've been doing this for long enough. It doesn't matter. It should be as consistent as you having a burrito. Exactly, <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a for sure have this burrito. Period. If nothing else. <laughs> Cute. I would need to sign me because you know. Okay, you better get that <laughs> Girl, I cannot. They're gonna get their money out of me for this burrito. Anywho, so up next is the Millennial Minute where we give our peers um, a little bit of shine on our episode and talk about their businesses. Um, I'll go first. Um, the young lady that I am referencing today, her name is Adrienne, and she goes by AD. And she is the owner of AD's Gifted Hands. And uh, what she does is she assists people with writing. So whether it be editing, um, assistance with schoolwork, she has some journals. She's publishing, um, helping people publish their books. She's publishing her own. Um, what else does she have? Bookmarks, t-shirts. She has all kinds of stuff. So um, that's what my shout out was going to today. So turn up. That's cute. I love the little bookmarks because, you know, I love me some books. Okay. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, so my shout out is going to Asma Walton. She is doing the Black Art Library. If you have not seen it on social media, um, she's just come back to the city. So shout out to her and the Black Art Library. Um, I'm actually going to be on IG Live with her this weekend to talk more about it. But it focuses on books on black visual art and I'm really excited for what she has going on and all of the projects that she's working on and getting ready to launch um and yeah all that books y'all know I love me some books so period go buy my books (laughs) that part buy her book okay 
so she can have more money to make me macaroni and cheese. Girl, where can we buy your books from? Um, so my books right now are on lulu.com. Um, the link is in my bio on Twitter and IG. They are hard copy books. So I have book one and book two available right now. And I just actually finished the rough draft for book three. Oh, yeah. The final book. I love it. So lulu.com, you can just search my name and they will pop up. I love that. All right. I'm excited for this. You don't stop eating this burrito. (laughs) First of all, listen. I was like, I hope she takes this a little bit longer so I can get my bite in. That's all right. Because I know out. you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to work it out. No worries. So now it's time for your favorite professors to give you a quick lesson. Um, some life lessons today, it looks like. So Professor Doll is up first. Uh, before we do that, actually, make sure y'all um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, we have a couple videos up there where you can get to know more about the new kids university take it away dr Maindow. you think you slick too don't because you're about to be over there chewing mm. i know dr. Your M. but anyway. you button <laughs> anyway <laughs> so my lesson uh, for today's episode is there's never a time to stop learning so no matter what medium you choose to go through whether it be you know, formal learning through school or taking a course on like Coursera or Harvard or YouTube or talking to your elders and just getting their words of wisdom, especially now. Um, there's never a time to stop learning because you never know what knowledge you're going to need, whatever you face or whatever you experience. And you never know when your time may be up. So, mm. Always seek that opportunity to learn. Never put yourself in a position where you think you know everything about, that there is to know. Because the moment you do is the moment that you're going to be surprised with something you don't know. Um, and I think especially as young professionals and entrepreneurs, we always want to make sure that if we're selling ourselves, if we're selling a product, if we're selling a service, that we're always asking questions. Because you want to make sure that whatever you're providing is meeting the need of your consumer. That means you have to learn about what it is that they need, what it is that what it is that what you're giving is meeting their need, and so on and so forth. So never, you know, never feel like you've learned everything or that you know everything because you don't. There is too much knowledge and information in this world for you to know everything, and that's what it's there for. No matter who, uh, white people. Try to, um, you know, pull that knowledge away from us. There's always an opportunity to seek it. And more often than not, especially I think like for me, one of the defining experiences for me in undergrad was going to a predominantly white school and realizing that they didn't know more than me. They just had access. Mm -hmm. And I, it was up to me to seek out information, but they wasn't better than me just because they went to, you know, better schools or whatever. It was just about the access that they had. Right. So, yes. Seek to learn. Period. Yeah. And I love that so much because so I was having a conversation 
a couple of weeks ago about how um, whenever I come across something that I've never heard of or 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 something that I'm that I just don't know a lot about and I want to know more, I always research everything. Like mm-hmm. like my iPhone will I feel like everybody's iPhone has this like option to like where you highlight something and then press mm-hmm. and then it mm-hmm. like literally tells you what that thing is about. And and that's probably one of my favorite features because I feel like being somebody who like talks a lot of shit I have to know <laughs> what I'm talking about because you can't just be talking shit and don't really know like what the fuck you're saying. Um, Especially, listen, we are in the age of information. Right. So there's no excuse to not know anything because there are too many tools available for you to be able to learn. And then on top of that, especially with social media, if you don't know what you're talking about, it ain't nothing but a click away okay. for somebody to pull your car. Right. So I figured out like, oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, we already know that's the big joker. So they're like that's and that's what annoys me so much about people when they say, Well, I didn't know, or I never knew, or people don't have the information. You can get information. Yeah. There are too many avenues. For you to be able to find out information, you cannot just rely on "I don't know." You may you may have been able to do that in like the fifties, sixties right. when we ain't had an internet, but now, right? Come on now. And like my whole thing is, people take time to figure out shit that they want to figure out. So right. So you definitely have the opportunity to like learn some stuff for real. Period. Are okay. you done with your foil over there? I am. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Not <laughs> you clearing your throat. Okay. I was ready. Anywho. All right. So my lesson <laughs> for today is going to be about um, productivity and goal setting. I think that in this day and age, it's so easy to fall into this, like this moment of comparing your productivity to somebody else's mm-hmm. or comparing your lifestyle to somebody else's, all the kind of things, because You know, there's social media and so many different ways to keep up with people. And we've talked about it before about certain influencers or, you know, just people in general have this lifestyle that they're living on Instagram. And then meanwhile, their real life is nothing like that. But you would never know if you don't know them personally. Okay. This giggle is sending. People be scammers and they live in a whole different life than what's on social media. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Or my favorites are the ones that be influencers and that they still going home to their mattress on the floor. Okay, with no furniture. You know. <laughs> Ain't got like. a piece of furniture. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so don't fall victim to that. Create your own productivity. Create your own goals. Um, and focus on yourself. I know it's easy to get caught up in those things, but find what works for you. Like, I had a moment a couple weeks ago where I was just like, I'm about to sit down and create my own productivity board. And I literally update it every week, um, changing things in and out of it. If I met a goal, if I didn't meet a goal, if I just decided that wasn't a goal anymore, I'm just doing what works for me. So do what works for you. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Nobody have time to be comparing yourself to others, even though I know it's easy. Just do what works for you. Make yourself happy. Be selfish. It's okay. And I think that people don't okay. like like take time to realize that comparison is the thief of joy. So like now, oh come on, like now Amen. you were 
excited about stuff that you might have going on and then you logged on and sparked somebody on social media and then now you like sad about shit because you aren't where that person is and that can really fuck somebody up for real mm-hmm. and yeah and we bring that on onto ourselves and and we don't even realize the like damage that it's doing when we look at these people not actually knowing what those people are actually going through and then comparing our situation to theirs yeah mm-hmm. Cause, and then social media will make you feel bad too about not meeting your goals at a certain point right? because everybody holds themselves to this false timeline when in reality nobody really knows or nobody has a blueprint or a guideline yeah. some, some people may have made it at step A it may take people you know to step G but yeah. mm-hmm. it, they got there you know what I'm saying so you can like you can't hold yourself to the standard of someone else Something I realized after graduating college is like literally nobody knows what the fuck is going on. Everybody is literally faking it until they make it. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Honestly. <laughs> nobody really knows what the fuck they should be doing. People are just are are just going by day to day just thinking what they think like doing what they think is best. Winging it. Okay. Cuz I, I know I do. what you got to do. Listen. <laughs> We don't talk about the m- number of times I didn't uh, wing some stuff. So. <laughs> Girl, I uh, wing shit every day. I don't know what the fuck. Okay. <laughs> okay, I make all this shit up. Listen, sometimes that's just what you got to do. And I think it's, it's sad that like we don't talk about that earlier in life. So people wait until you know they're in their late 20s to be like, oh, nobody else know what they're doing? Cool. Whereas when we're younger, we're expected to like have all these goals and all that. Like, yeah, people, you in kindergarten, they ask me what you want to be when you grow up. What you want to be when you grow up? Like, I'm a kid, bro. I don't know. (laughs) I want to eat ice cream on the moon. That's it. (laughs) No job. Because people are grown up and still don't know what they want to be when they grow up. Exactly. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Lil Susie want to be in a ballerina tutu. On in a, on a fireman truck, okay, with a hose over her shoulder, okay. Like, listen, I was babysitting one time, and the little girl told me she wanted to be Hannah Montana, period, a veterinarian, and an actress. And I was like, I mean, go hey, ahead, do more. Go ahead, sis. You got this. You you got plenty of years to do all that. Okay. <laughs> All right, so it's time for our lightning round questions. Parrish, are you ready? They're not that hard. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. I mean, I'm as ready as I'm going to be. <laughs> All right, so you got 15 seconds, but not really because I'm not counting and neither is Jermaine. Okay. But it just sounds good. All right, are you a Detroit native? Yes. East side or west side? West side. Seven mile, better mile, shitting on whatever mile. <laughs> Favorite Coney Island? Uh, damn. Uh, probably Nikki D's on Eight Mile and Evergreen. Huh? Um, high school. Renaissance. First car. Uh, a red Chevy Blazer. <laughs> hey, turn up! You made it. Oh, that was cool. I'm trying to imagine you <laughs> driving this red Chevy Blazer. Girl, that car was <laughs> <negative>, but... <laughs> <laughs> that car was true. Like, 
when I was in high school, I don't know like what I did. Probably, probably was talking shit about somebody. I really don't know. But I fucking came outside. My car was keyed up and sitting on four flats. Damn, damn. <laughs> they fucked up keyed up and shit. four flats. Yes, they fucked my shit up. They was like, "Oh, we want you to know." Fuck my shit up, and, and my shit ain't been right ever since. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's crazy, and especially in high school, right? They took right. a risk to go outside, key your car, and take the tires. That shit was crazy. I didn't know what was going on. I had to call my mama. She was so mad. So now is when we want you to go ahead and give a full introduction of yourself. Um, you can add anything that you didn't the first time, but just kind of give us an idea of what it is that you do. Mm, all right. So once again, everybody, my name is Parrish. Uh, on social media, my social media handles are uh, underscore Soldier and also have a YouTube channel, which is part of me with P. Um, I am born and raised in Detroit, went to Renaissance, after Renaissance, went to Howard University, H-U, you know, um, yeah, all that shit, whoop de whoop then after that, I moved back home, I taught for a minute, and now, um, I work at a university, and I also am pursuing this, sort of like, just being myself type of personality branding type of thing. So, um, yeah, that's, that's me. And like my whole thing is the perspective behind my show and, and just the like viewpoint of like just who I am naturally. It's just, I'm all about black people. I'm all about the liberation of black people and I'm all about black people getting what we deserve. And far too often we don't get those things. So I, so I like to do that advocate or that voice to speak up and speak out we need that voice yes with some sense okay with some sense the voice and, a, that, and a, that the is... comedy the comedy okay. always every time you read somebody on the TL I just be like yes that's cause people get like we were talking about books earlier niggas do not read and they gotta they don't like, what the fuck is going on? But yes, that is what I like. You could you could open the book, point to a page, flip it to the page, point to the paragraph, and they still, and they still will not read. I'm starting to think they just don't know how. Listen, and and you actually might be right, low key. Honestly, <laughs> when you think about it, the literacy rate in Detroit, okay, listen, <laughs> is not that high. Listen. So. Hey, they can't read, then they definitely can't comprehend. It just first you must learn, day. then I will <laughs> learn. Okay, each one, each one. All right, so um, you did talk about going to Howard University, which kind of makes sense with you saying um, you want to be the voice of Black people and give us what you know the world isn't going to give us. So, what was what was your motivation behind going to Howard or even seeking higher education? Um, so I always knew that I wanted to go to college and I don't think that I ever knew about any other college besides Howard University. 
I had a I, I had two aunts who graduated from Howard, one from the med school and then like one from other like some other type of school. I forgot which one. But I just always knew that I wanted to go to a black school. And then when I was in my senior high school, I had went on a college tour where students from Detroit got to stay on campus for like five days with like some of the freshmen that were at Howard from Detroit. So that was like a really eye-opening experience for me because I I never really knew like what to expect from going to college. But when I went on that trip, I realized like, damn, like these niggas smart as hell, but then they be getting drunk at the parties and shit. So <laughs> when I had went down there, like, we had got a chance to go to like class and shit. And then we also got a chance to go to the parties, which was like kind of crazy because I'm fucking six. Well, I think I, I think I probably was like 16 or 17. I don't know, but I was definitely underage and, mm-hmm. um, and they took us to the parties and like <laughs> we got drunk as hell. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I'm at the party, drunk as hell, 17 years old, taking off my shirt, picking up girls in the club. Like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> then the day after that, I had to wake up to go to class with this nigga. I'm like, oh, damn. So college is, is really like you got to figure out how to balance both. So um, after that trip, I just knew that I wanted to go to Howard and like Howard was the only school that I applied to and I got in and then um, I went there and like it was literally like some of the best times of my life. I actually miss Howard till like till this day. I think about like, damn, I wish I was back at Howard right now. That's real. And I think that experience um, is unique to HBCUs in a sense where. I don't I don't think about going to Western. If I never had to go back to Western a day in my life, <laughs> I would be okay. <laughs> but I hear that a lot from um, you know, people or alumni who've gone or graduated from yeah. HBCUs. They really miss that community sense. Absolutely. Um and they speak very highly of it. And I think that's something that made me value my time at Howard even more was uh, when I went to Wayne State to get my master's degree. And like, I absolutely hated it. And I was like, mm-hmm. damn, I'm, I'm so grateful that I did have a great undergraduate experience because this graduate, you know, shit that I'm dealing with now with these like white people at Wayne State, racist ass motherfuckers, being, being the only black male in literally all of my classes. It it was just like a like a totally different experience than what I had at Howard, and like that made me appreciate my time my time at Howard even more. And even the fact that you had that experience at Wayne State in a predominantly black city, right, is mind blowing. That to shit me. is ridiculous. You know, like yeah. like I absolutely hated my time at Wayne State, and and I would not recommend anybody to ever go there, but. Mm-hmm. I also know people who had great times at Wayne State. So I think it really just depends on, you know, like what program and like who your advisor yeah. was and like all of that stuff. But that really um, made me value Howard University even more. That's yeah, I wish I had I that ex- experience of like 
missing undergrad, but I don't. I miss the people, but not the facility. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like in the same boat as Jermaine. If I if I never had to go back, I'd be fine with that. Okay. But I also went to school in Nebraska. So in Nebraska. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> so with um also something that you mentioned earlier was like um taking having your personality also be uh your brand mm-hmm. so what's the what's the process behind that like how do you how do you manage that or create any boundaries for yourself so i so I never really took time to like create a plan to brand myself because I just always thought like I'm already myself, so I really don't know like. Mm-hmm. Like I like I don't know like a process to like um I don't know like a process to like operationalize that because I've like I've been this way for so long. So I, I didn't necessarily like take time to create some system to like brand myself. I just always knew that regardless of any space that I was in that I was always very smart, but also always very ghetto. So I expect like I use those as like guides for how I do anything. And I know like most people like hear the word ghetto and think that it's something negative. But me personally, I love all types of ghetto shit. And Mm-hmm. And I am glad Same. that I have the I'm glad that I have the ability to be very smart and very good at all at the same time. Yeah, that word is that word is one, I think one of those words that holds such a complicated history for people yeah. because it can mean it has taken on so many different meanings. Right. But it's also tried to, it's also like been co-opted or have tried to been co-opted by people who are not yeah. black. Mm-hmm. So, you know, then you have this reaction of like, well, this is ours. What are you trying to do? Trying to, you know, perpetrate. And, but that word, like from, from a person who's lived that experience, you know, being in that experience, it can be very empowering, yeah, especially when you're trying to tell your story. Yeah. I was at um I was at my current job now and I was doing a session on like white privilege or something like that. I was um teaching a session on that and something came up about um what came up? So I something crazy had like came up or whatever and I had ended up like telling the people there who were basically almost all white people like I love ghetto stuff and the looks on their faces were like so shocking like I just said that I love prostitutes or something (laughs) that was the moment that like really solidified for me that everybody doesn't value the, the you know the same things that you might value but Mm-hmm. I didn't feel bad in that moment because I wanted them to know that even though you all don't value these things, this is something that I love and something that I'm always going to love. 
And you don't have to because I love it enough. And clearly, I love this ghetto stuff. And I am the one leading this session. And you are the one listening to it. So... Period. So that shouldn't like place any value on people who do like quote unquote ghetto things. Yeah, it's like another layer of blackness yeah. that is not for popular consumption. Right. It's not for people to understand. You know, it's just something that we enjoy or, you know, want like want to be in because it can take on so many different forms. Right. It could be a place, it could be a person, it could be a thing, right. you know? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times that that misconception of, excuse me, what the word means or what it is, like, it can be so confusing to some people. I don't necessarily understand why, but I remember being in eighth grade, of course, at a white school because I was in Nebraska. And I said something was ghetto. And, like, my teacher, a white woman, started crying and telling me, like, I didn't know what ghetto was because ghettos were for the Jewish people in the Holocaust. And I'm looking at her like... First off, girl, first girl. I'm for <laughs> Like, ugh. I'm like, first of all, I'm in eighth grade. Okay. <laughs> you throwing all this at me means nothing. Okay. You know, weaponizing them white women tears. Right. And she really thought I was going to care about them white tears. And I was like, well, sorry, sis. Girl, I don't give a fuck about no white tears. <laughs> I just was so confused. I'm like, sis, just gonna start crying. I was just glad she ain't called my mama because I ain't had time to be um, explaining all that. Okay. <laughs> my mama hate when I start talking about all of my black power stuff because oh, she just be like, oh my God, I didn't raise you to hate people. I said, first off, I don't hate nobody, but you just gotta realize this is the way things are. <laughs> When did you become so <laughs> yes, radical? I'd be like, dang. Like, what did the white folks do? To Mom call called me Sister Soldier the other day. Listen. <laughs> I was like, I'll take that. Okay. That's why I'm um, screaming. They just, I don't, I don't know what my mom, I don't know. She's the complete opposite of me. She's like super patient and nice to people <laughs> and stuff. And Girl, no, she is <laughs> not. <laughs> she is. To most people. Jermaine, you don't count because you family, so. <laughs> so to give y'all the backstory, yeah. my mom decided to call Jermaine Tito. Like instead of Jermaine. Like Tito J. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> she be like, where Tito at? Jesus. <laughs> oh, that is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Her mama is a mess, okay. y'all. Listen, I just, I, don't, I can't control them. Yeah. I can't control These boomers, child, I don't know what these white, well, I do know what these white folks did okay, to them. You know? They fucked them up bad, because, honey, they be shaking the neck. Okay, boots. I can't okay. do nothing about no white folks, and then they gonna think that I'm about to kill them all or something. I'll be like, what are you talking okay. about? <laughs> <laughs> it made me think of your, uh, your tweet the other day about uh, like your family group chat about voting for uh, oh my god like like that made me so mad because <laughs> like, why because my whole thing is like my mom is a social worker right so mm. so she works in the 
juvenile court system. So clearly you should know what the fuck Kim Worthy is all about. And then you going to go and, and still vote for her. Like what's not clear. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's Detroiters have a name rec- recognition. Yeah. And, and it's where so- no yeah. matter, no matter what somebody has done, as long as they know the name, it could be it could be somebody kid who ain't did nothing political in their whole right. life. They see that last oh, name, they gonna right. vote for them. I'm about to vote for this. Like, get the fuck out of here. That like that, mm. I don't know. That just makes me so upset. So she called me after I had texted her that like, uh, do you read? She had got mad or whatever. <laughs> And then she she called me trying to like school me on like all of this stuff with the blah blah blah. I said, my regardless of that, the lady was charging the fifth grader for playing dodgeball with assault. Okay, I'm not about to vote for her, and she did not almost put the ten year old boy to jail. Jail. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Child. I don't know. So I don't think Kim Worthy is a white supremacist. Not too far. Okay, absolutely. Listen, I knew if I wouldn't, if I didn't know much else, I knew I wasn't voting for her. (laughs) Okay. Her and that man with the 27. Oh my God, why would you lower that 27? That that, that piece be sitting. I can't believe it. Okay. I can't either. Because again, why? Damn. Even dip that thing in some soul glow every morning. They fucking saw that name like Street Tenant are like, okay, let me vote. Right. I know this name. Girl, that's the worst shit. <sighs> I can't vote for nobody with no hair like that. I Hell no. Nah. <laughs> it just looks like they don't value themselves okay. enough. I really don't even want too close to me for real. <laughs> It looks like it's just going to fly off at any minute. That shit looks so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like somebody auntie like church wig. Listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that she ain't really twist all the way. And Okay. And she ain't laid that uh, hair underneath down. That's why. Listen, she threw, like she threw the Holy Ghost a little bit too okay, hard. and found the wig under the towel. Because I've never in my life seen a 3D 27 piece. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> Just unheard of. Mm. <laughs> Don't get me started on that man hair, Jermaine. Why you go there? <laughs> Listen. Why'd you go there? I wasn't gonna talk about him today. Let's you know what we gotta move this interview along before I get get started. <laughs> so um not long ago you made a post about one of your shows not really getting a lot of views. Mm-hmm. So what's your, your process for keeping yourself motivated and, you know, just continuing to, to produce content? So, um, that really kind of, well, I don't, I'm trying to figure out the like correct way to say, it. but I was kind of irritated that that episode only got like a hundred views because I like, Nobody wants to like work hard on something, put it out, and then have mm-hmm. people like not receive it, you know? Mm-hmm. So when that happened, I was kind of like irritated, but then COVID was also going on. So 
I was also trying to figure out like how am I going to keep filming the show when when I can't even go down to the studio because you know mm-hmm. niggas are scared to like open it up because of COVID or whatever. So, um, I was really down for a moment because I couldn't figure out how to like keep up the like keep up the momentum that I already had built. And and then like things kind of felt like time sensitive because if I didn't put it out now, then you know niggas are gonna get bored after a while, and then and then mm-hmm. nobody is really gonna watch after that. So I actually have like still found myself in that slump sometimes. Um, and something that keeps me motivated really is just black people and stories about black people. Whether it's um, black people doing great things that need to be highlighted or things that are injustices happening to black people that also need to be highlighted. So when I see stories like that, like it just inspires me to go film my show or write something out to talk about it or, you know, like something just to highlight whatever we got going on with us. That makes yeah. sense. <clears throat> we definitely know that struggle because we, you know, we re- originally started out recording in a studio and then mm-hmm. COVID happened and we were like, okay, how we going to get these episodes? How we going to keep this season right. going when we don't got nowhere to record? And um, our network at the time, we hadn't rolled out, you know, recording via the app yet. So, we were trying to figure out how to keep that momentum going. Um, and then that's something we've asked ourselves a lot, you know, because we, this is season four. So we've been doing this for a while and, you know, we have our YouTube channel too. So we, we ask each other and I know sometimes we get in a slump where we feel like, okay, how are we going to keep the motivation up to continue to mm-hmm. do this? Cause when you put a lot of work into something, you want people Receive to like, it consume it yeah yeah i think it took a a minute for me to accept that with covid going on everybody processing things differently we all are having you know different emotions and i think it, it just took me a minute to be like okay if i'm not feeling the best today i don't have to fake right absolutely you know what i mean like i'd rather just not do an episode if i'm gonna come on here and have to pretend to be somebody I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. So like, then the content really going to be jacked up because I wouldn't have my burrito. I don't want to be there. No. <laughs> <laughs> no jokes, no nothing. But I think it's important for, you know, people like us to, to share those stories of not being okay. Because we have to somehow combat what other people are putting out as if everything's perfect and everything's fine. Yeah. So, I think it's awesome, um, and it's it's just the ugly side of entrepreneurship that nobody wants to talk about. Right? Like everybody's like, "Oh, my business is doing well," and I'm over here like, "Oh well." Let me spill some real tea. It ain't working like that. Over right? I'm. T- I've been taking naps. Okay. Like I've been sleep <laughs> slumped. Okay. <laughs> so, one thing that uh, about your show. 
when you were getting ready to come out with it, it was literally probably one of the best rollouts that I've ever seen. There was like, you know, you had your little, your clips, you had the social media aspect of it was on point. Thank you. And then of course you followed up with some amazing content that just, you know, cause listen, sing them down is my favorite. Okay. okay, I I love love that Thank you so much though. <laughs> I just be singing and I'll be like, Okay, let me stop. <laughs> so what was the planning like for that? Like how long did you spend um, on deciding when you're going to roll out content and making all those plans? So um, my show came out February 2nd, 2020. But I have been planning on doing a YouTube channel probably since like February 2019. So what happened during that time is like I was like heavy on Instagram making like stories about just like shit to talk about or whatever. And then like so many people kept on saying like, oh, you should probably do a YouTube channel, blah, blah, blah. But I but I really wasn't interested in YouTube at the time because I just felt like I am just talking shit on Instagram because I just want to talk shit, whatever. So mm-hmm. um after about the like the like 30th person telling me like you need to make a youtube channel i um finally started to like think about it and then i was talking to my best friend and she ended up buying me a ring light and stuff to like try to get me started but i had that ring light for like 10 months before i even thought about you know like planning something out for for an actual youtube channel so it it took a while for me to even like get it off the ground because you know once again you know like you're having doubts about yourself if um it'll even take off and blah 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 all of that stuff so i finally decided to do it and then january 2020 came and i was like all right this is a new year i'm about to get this thing started off whatever so to plan my rollout i just looked at what other people did that I admired and then I just kind of like got ideas from them to like figure out like okay how like what is the best way to introduce this content that I have so um that's how I came so first what happened was I dropped a mixtape when I was in college so I had dropped a mixtape like May 20 2010 and my like most popular song was my pardon me song so (laughs) when i was trying to figure out like okay like what should the name of this channel be like i had like 15 different names and then one day i just started playing my song like pardon me pardon me and then i said oh damn maybe the show should be called pardon me with p and then you know it just ended up clicking or whatever and then I had already had that like song content. So I didn't need to like create that because I had already created that years prior. But um for the actual rollout, I really don't know like how it like things really just worked out because I never really took the time to plan out like okay this day I am going to post this and then this day I'm going to post this. But 
it just all ended up like working out in my favor because people liked it. I mean, you're yeah. funny or you're hilarious. So I can't say or I can't see why anybody wouldn't like it. I People ask me all the time, like, <laughs> I tweeted or I, I tweet. So you think you a white bitch? <laughs> like, <laughs> that, like that, so often that I be. That is like one of the most famous lines. <laughs> <laughs> my friends in my group chat be like, what inspired this? And I sent them a link to okay. your channel because I'm Thank like. Thank you so much. But, but yeah. oh, um, for the actual segments of the like actual show, those were just things that me and my friends had had always said all the time anyway. So I just really incorporated some of our like inside joke type of stuff and then just made it into a show. That's honestly sometimes where the best content comes yeah. from. Yeah. When you're not trying to plan it and it just flows. Yeah, I, I 100% agree because we, we tell this story all the time about us trying to find a name for the new kids was literally ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. We was putting stuff in French. <laughs> Listen. It just was... <laughs> It was all over the place. And it wasn't until like one day, I don't know, one of us like randomly said it and we were like, that's it. Like we had spent months yeah. though at that point trying to figure Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Same here. Like I had went through maybe like 10 different names and then one day I just said, oh, pardon me with Pete. So that, yeah, I was that's like, usually how it happened. I thought it, I think it's an awesome name. I think it all like flows really well together. Um, so as far as like marketing your products or your services, how do, how do you handle that side of things? Do you have any particular techniques that you use? So something that I noticed that worked really well was just like using clips from the actual show that was funny to help like market people to like watch it more often. And And I didn't realize that until the white bitch clip had just like took off. So something I try to do is like try to find like the most like meme worthy moment and then like turn that into something to like draw people in to like the website, draw people into the YouTube channel. But like just like using the fact that people love memes now to like try to to like try mm-hmm. to help that drive my content. That makes sense. So as far as your content, what is something that you hope that your subscribers would gain from your show? So my overall goal is to educate people on how to deal with like white supremacy, but also highlight the like greatness that lies within blackness. And I try to do that in like the most comedic way possible. Um, And when the show first started, I didn't intend for me to like talk about like racism or like white people as often as I do. But 
literally when we look at the news cycle that's all that's like mm-hmm. that is all that is really happening and that's something that I love mm-hmm. and like that's something that I love to talk about anyway so my whole goal for the show is to like make people laugh make people learn about like how white people have literally ruined ruined the world and then like teach them why black people are so great yeah I think you know oftentimes we don't realize how much racism impacts our everyday life until we have that moment where everything clicks and then it's and then it's like you know white people always say y'all always talking about racism or y'all always want to bring up you know the black car and it's like this is literally literally. my life like Mm -hmm. It Im- it impacts my everyday life. Stuff you don't even have to consider. I have to think about on a yeah. daily basis. Uh-huh. So you just started offering mm-hmm. apparel, um, you know, with your shirts. How was it launching that um, product? And did you run into any difficulties? Like, you know, getting Man, that off the ground. Like, that literally was like some of the hardest shit to do. And... I don't know like why it was so hard, but it is hard to find good vendors to help you bring your like ideas to life. Right. So mm-hmm. I have said it to like my close friends. Like, I really don't know if I'm about to sell shirts again, because like you would send your stuff to a vendor and then they send it back and it's like horrible quality. You like, damn, like I literally just paid for this shit and then now I like hate the way that it looks and then I mm-hmm. and then like I can't expect anybody to pay for it. So it literally took me maybe like four months to find to find the actual vendor that I had make the shirts that I had sold and those happened to be like some of the best shirt but prior to that like i had like some horrible samples letters was falling off pictures were coming off and shit so it took me four months to find the like perfect quality that i was looking for so it definitely was a lot more work than i expected for it to be and then being like one person in charge of like shipping and like mailing stuff and printing out labels and stuff like that actually was way more time consuming than what I thought it was going to be also. But I'm so grateful because everybody seemed to like love the shirts and they sold pretty fast. So I was extremely grateful for that because it ended up making all of that like hard work and like crazy ass days seem worth it. So that was a good part. But I just know for the future, I'm probably gonna um do things a lot more differently than I did the first time because it shouldn't have took me four months to find the actual quality start vendor. Mm. But I mean now that I have that person, you know, hopefully we we can keep working in the future. But that took a long ass yeah, and it was a learning experience. We all have them. So, at least you you did learn, like, okay, you know, this is what I'm not going to do moving forward if I do decide to do this yeah, you know, again. So, you know, we're still in a pandemic, which wow. has severely impacted how we interact. Man, oh, my God. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's impacted how we interact with our peers or just socially in general, as well as how, you know, we shop. 
So what are some ways that you think people, especially black people, can support business owners, black business owners during this time? Now that things have yeah. changed. Well, first, I really think that people need to get past the idea that, oh, I can't support this black business because such and such had a attitude problem. Like, well, first off, we got to think about, like, why are we holding that black business to a higher standard than these other businesses where we are frequently giving our money? Because I bet you nine times out of ten, you have bought something from an actual store and the fucking salesperson was very rude. Or, or right, or like you. follow you, or like didn't really, didn't really acknowledge your presence there in the first place. But you still felt comfortable to spend your money there. But then when it comes to a black business, even the slightest hint of somebody having a bad day, you're just gonna write them off. So I think that the first step that we have to take is like we have to, um understand that our standard for black businesses shouldn't be shouldn't be extremely higher than like our standards for other businesses and then Uh I don't think that it's acceptable for like people to expect to get like some sort of discount because they know the person or because it is a black business and that's something that I've seen a lot lately with like people that I know trying to, trying to, you know, like get a couple things, you know, for free or right. for the low. Yeah. So I think like we have to realize that even though like these are black businesses that we should still support them to the fullest. And we need to be the ones in charge of creating the narrative or what it's like to experience shopping with the black business. Mm-hmm. That's real. So kind of on the, along the same lines of that, you know, when people start businesses, um, you know, especially younger people, and we see this on social media a lot where people talk about not having support from mm-hmm. their network or like support system. So how would you say your support um, from your peers has been with your launch? And, you know, what advice would you give to people who feel like they aren't getting yeah. supported? Um, I am really overwhelmed by the amount of support that I have gotten from my peers. And I'm really grateful for it because it's like people who I, who like don't even know me personally are like always there supporting my show, buying shirts, you know, like tweeting out videos and things like that. So the support that I have received is way beyond what I expected for it to be. And I'm very grateful for that. But I think that's something that aids in the support that I get is that I don't have a problem being myself. And I think people pick up on that and, and people are more willing to support you when they feel like that you are being yourself as much as possible and not like putting on a show or or putting up a face to look like extra cool, but just like being comfortable and who you are and people pick up on that and they want to support that. Yeah. Yeah, support. 
um, you know, I think it's it's like a double sided coin because you it's like on one end you feel like of people in your network should mm-hmm. support you, but then on the other end, are you putting out something that's quality or are you putting out something right to be supported? So it's definitely a fine line to walk. Um, and we have to make sure that we aren't getting too ahead of ourselves or that we are doubting ourselves when we do right. something good. Absolutely. Cause yeah. Cause imposter syndrome can yeah. be very real and very crippling. Very. So, you know, you officially launched Pardon Me with P in February. Ha- you know, now that we're in August, have you come across any challenges with, you know, your business? And if you have, how have you overcome them? Um, I think that the most challenging thing was just making sure that I stay consistent, dropping like a weekly episode, because that takes a lot to like film and then edit and then promo all in the span of a week is like a lot of work so that is the most challenging thing that I had to overcome is just like making sure that I stay on top of things and um, I tried to create like some type of schedule and you know sometimes that worked sometimes that didn't work <laughs> right sometimes it so <laughs> um, that helps some but what really um, helped me get over that is just taking a break and then realizing that people will be okay if I don't drop a weekly episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with like COVID kind of throwing everybody off too, like, especially for people who are used to or are doing things in person mm-hmm. in the studio, that kind of like, you know, yeah. knocked us off too, or that was a challenge for everybody. And mm-hmm. so now we're faced with so many n- new questions. And, you know, for you especially, how do you plan on making sure your brand or your product stays yeah. relevant? And, and that's something that I think about all the time because the wants and needs of people change so often. But I think mm-hmm. that as long as black people are relevant, then what I have to talk about will always be relevant. That's mm-hmm. right. And we, if we know that right. we're always going to be relevant because we are the trendsetters. Right. Like, like everybody wants to be us, but nobody wants to be us. Mm-hmm. Oh, child. Okay. So pivoting for a bit to you know, the millennial generation. And Sharai, we gonna need to put like actually define what millennials are for people. Cause Listen. sometimes I feel like the larger population does not yeah. understand the age range for millennials. And so they often group us with Gen Z. Then there's like a whole nother generation. I think yeah. it's like X yeah. in front of us that people forget about, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so where do you think our generation is needed the most in Detroit? Mm. Wow. I really think that our generation is like needed in all sectors of the city. For one, I think that those who are currently in power making choices are way beyond their expiration date. No shade. But Mm -hmm. we like we should be the ones driving change now. And like we should be the ones Mm -hmm. in those power places to 
decide like where our city is gonna go. Um, just like how we saw on Tuesday, like literally our age bracket isn't voting <laughs> how we see other age groups voting. Like there should be no way mm-hmm. people 65 and older have a higher voting percentage than our age group. Yes. Yeah. Cause we see we we see what their voting choices right. have gotten oh. us. Because where we are where we are now. <laughs> exactly. Like like their voting choices haven't changed much since the like sixties and seventies and and that's very exactly. evident. So I definitely think that like we need to be out on the front lines more. Oof. Mm, Lord. That's very, very true. So what's an ideal project that you would like to work on before 2020 is up? And it's so weird to say that because I feel like we was just in January and now it's August. Yeah, it it went by fast and slow at the same time. Because we were in a pandemic. (laughs) The goal? But what's... Like the year has moved by so fast that I can't even like process that we're already past the halfway mark. And it's like, like this year Mm -hmm. really went by so fast, but like super slow at the same time. So, Mm -hmm. um, I really don't know. So I feel like one of my goals that I have currently is to just get back in the studio and make sure that my own projects are, um, moving at the rate that I want them to, and then I'll focus on like other things that I want to do. But currently, I like one of my goals for this year is to get back in the studio and make sure that I can finish out season two as strong as I did season one. Mm. Yeah, we yeah. know the feeling. So, when you think about, um, pardon me with P, where do you see? the brand over the next five years or even just thinking five yeah. years ahead, you know, where do you see yourself at that? So point? I definitely would like love to like have the opportunity to quit my real job and then work as like a personality full time. Hopefully in five years, I'll have like a late night TV show on like VH1 or Viceland or something. Basically, just, you know, talking my shit, educating people and just like showing the world just how great black people are. So that is my plan for five years. But if we got five more years like 2020, I really just don't even know what's going on. So (laughs) we had to figure that one out. I hope we never have another year like 2020. I hope not either because this shit was a mess. But so my um, plan is to like, Hopefully, I can become like a TV personality, have my own show, sort of like Trevor Noah mixed with like Wendy Williams mixed with like The Breakfast Club. (laughs) Very, very eclectic mix, but I can (laughs) see it. So thinking about, you know, especially in this day and age where we see like a lot of um, influencers or people who provide content they have such a huge subscriber Mm -hmm. base um whether it be instagram youtube do you have a goal set for your platform like in terms of subscribers or like 
just apparel sales or do you just say, I'm going to put this out there and just go, right. go with it? So know? currently my goal is to just have enough subscribers to get monetized on my YouTube channel. So I, so for that to happen, I need 1000 subscribers, but I also need 4,000 watch hours. And I have probably like, uh, like, a a little bit over 500 subscribers, which is, which is good for only doing it for what, uh, six months, I think. So mm -hmm. that has mm -hmm. been pretty okay. But the like watch hours is the part that like makes it hard to get monetized. So I think once I reach that goal to become monetized, then I'll focus on like, okay, what is the next step after? Okay. That's what's up. Okay. So our last official <clears throat> question, which is probably our favorite question mm -hmm. to ask because it, it makes people <laughs> think. Now, the question is, now there's going to be some stipulations okay. after the question, but the question, if you could switch places with someone for one week, mm. who would it be? Now, before you answer, this person can be dead. or You alive. don't have to be dead, okay? though. <laughs> you don't have to be dead <laughs> for, you know, <laughs> to, to if the person that you're choosing is dead, you don't have to be okay. dead in a place. It can be, you know, any gender, um, any profession, but if you would switch places with someone for a week. And you, know, you, you get all of their problems. You get all their problems, you get all their, their benefits, you get the, the whole thing. Wow, I see. The problem is, I don't, I don't know what the fuck these folks is going through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn, okay. Uh, hold on, let me think. Because mm, so I had somebody in mind, but I don't know. Like he seemed kind of boring, so I don't know. I'm like like white. <laughs> so, hmm. wow. See, with 2020 has like shown just how like problematic people are that you mm -hmm. like want look up to. So it's like, damn, mm -hmm. I can't even say that person because he a fucking creep resort. Um, yeah. Right, stupid. Like, damn, I don't want those problems. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> damn. Nah, see, man, I'm trying to think. Like, somebody who I actually fuck with. Oh! I love... Um, I will... I want to switch to roles with... Damn, we got a stupid-ass wife. <laughs> mm. <laughs> See, <laughs> this is crazy. Um, well, I mean, I guess the wife she could be dealt with, huh? Uh, I'll say John. Send yeah. her away for a week. I'll say John Legend because I feel like. Who is that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Somebody called me. Um, I say I would go with John Legend because um, he seems pretty conscious when it comes to, like issues that black people are going through. But he also has like a great work ethic to like where he has balanced multiple gigs at once. Mm -hmm. so, so I could like see like what what that 
life is like and like how people go through that and like how their teams work with each other and like all of that. But then at the end of the day, he's rich and he got hella shit. So I got to what that's about too. Mm-hmm. I just have yes. to keep Chrissy as she got to go to her mama house. Bro. Shariah, I actually do person. have my person. And shut up. I'm it's a fictional character. And I'm only going to be this person because I need some answers that the show just did not provide. So I'm going to be Moesha because I need some answers now that I'm watching this as an adult. <laughs> I, I have some questions. I need to know why she are always in everybody else's business. Always. Like, always in people's business. You didn't call Hakeem daddy, knowing that man ain't want nothing to do with him. Trying to get him to come to the birthday party and stuff. Like, why did you do that? It, it just doesn't make sense the way that she's moving. So I, I think if I become her, maybe I'll just understand it a little better and help her to be a better person. Because Moesha was very, very, very toxic and she was annoying so yeah i need to figure out why so i'm gonna be moesha for the week okay all right so my person for this week (laughs) is going to be the unofficial mayor of atlanta yeah herself (laughs) okay because i feel like monica is like atlanta's (laughs) trick trick i feel like you can't really do nothing Without going through Monica, like sis, really the one who you know hold all the cards. She make all the moves, um, and I really just I feel like she be everywhere to know everything, but mm-hmm. she don't be involved. So I just want to see what she sees because I know she sure. knows some shit, and I know she didn't seen some shit. So yes, I'm choosing Monica. That's a great story. queen of the south. The fact that we picked <laughs> Monica and Brandy is hilarious. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming. That's oh my God. I'm just uh, thinking anyway. about Sick, we gotta reenact the boys' mind. Brandy in the face. Oh God. listen, I wish oh they would have got that on tape. I do too. Okay. I know that Ooh, was Oh Lord. Shit. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, I know Whitney. Uh, Whitney, Whitney was probably backstage fucked up, ready to get to it. <laughs> also. <laughs> also. Ooh. All right. Parrish, how can people get a hold of you? You know, drop For sure. the uh, Y'all can follow me on Instagram at Pardon Me With P or underscore Soldieroy. I'm on Twitter, underscore Soldieroy, and my YouTube channel is Pardon Me With P. Big lit. Period. Okay. Go check it out. Or we want to thank you for coming on. Or pardon me, show.com. You you can just go to all my shit from there. Yes, I forgot about that. Even better. <laughs> Make sure. Listen, <laughs> we it's we always forgetting something. But yes, thank, thank you y'all for, for having me. Show. Thank you know. y'all for having me. It definitely was a great time, and I really like how y'all do yes. a great balance of being informative and fun all at the same time. So just keep it up. I really loved it. Thank you. Thank you. We try. Listen, me too. It, <laughs> a good 90% of the time we winging it. 
child. That, but that's our friendship, <laughs> honestly. So we made it this far. But of course, we are the new kids. You can check us out on social media at the New Kids LLC, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our website is the New Kids Detroit.com. Um, our YouTube is the New Kids University. Yes. Getting anything? <laughs> if you have any submissions for the business plan stance, <laughs> make sure you yeah. email us at the New Kids LLC at gmail.com. Um, also, if you have any guests that you would like to hear on the show, you can email us as well. Nope, that was it. Anything else? (laughs) (laughs) All right, the new kids are out. Bye, everybody. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.